This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Two, one, and welcome everybody to this episode of Coming Home with John Allen. I am your host, John Allen. Before we get started, I want to remind everybody that if you look in the description of this episode, whether you're watching on YouTube, and that's where I want you to be, by the way, is on YouTube, or if you're listening on a podcast platform, you'll see in the description several links that you can click into if you would like to support the work that I do. Months. John. Finally. Yeah. I, you know what? I, first of all, I want to I, I say thank you, and I'm honored. <laughs> that you, this, this man jumped on a plane and has flown halfway the length of Norway yeah. to come down here to be here live. We had scheduled this thinking it was going to be uh, just a video podcast. Mm-hmm. But here he is in yeah. the studio. Thank you, man. Well, I'm I'm, I'm on it, and 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 since you asked me to to be on, I thought I might as well make the the effort of coming here in person. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to have you here. Um, I was a little worried that you weren't gonna make it. No, I, it's like I a five minute walk. It's a five minute walk from the train station. Yeah. And I'm looking at ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Uh, should I call the police? Yeah. I thought this was a safe neighborhood. Maybe he's been kidnapped. <laughs> no, it's completely safe. I just <laughs> confused myself. Yeah. Um, but but then I started thinking. Well, you know, you are from Tromsø. Yeah. And the further north you get, now my wife is a Finnmarking, mm. and I li- and I lived up there, and I have noticed that the further north you get in Norway, the less people care about time, and yeah, yeah it's just kind of more laid back. Yeah, and, if you say eleven, it's. Around no. yeah. noon, maybe. Yeah, so before it gets dark, it's okay. <laughs> uh, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. You have your own podcast. I do. Portrait Podden yeah. uh, in Norwegian. Um, how long have you been doing that, and how did you get into that? Because you have somewhat of a, um, should I say, a journalist uh, uh, background. Sure. Uh, well, a journalist is not a protected title, so I, I call myself yeah. a journalist. But uh, uh, well, it's, it started in April 2020. Long story short, I was living in Germany with my uh, then girlfriend, and uh, COVID hit. I was sent home because Norway closed all its borders. Uh, nothing to do, and I usually write these long feature interviews uh, yeah. for uh, a magazine called Virkeli. Uh, it's for ex-drug addicts to sell to make, make a, an honest living. Uh, and I always uh, good use, cause, by the way. Yeah. Uh, always use a, a recorder, like a Zoom recorder, uh, because I, I can't write as fast ah. as people talk. Yeah. Uh, so I had all, all these these great conversations just lying there and taking up space on on my computer, and the entire world was sitting in front of Zoom or Skype or whatever. Yeah. So I thought I might as well just start with people I know. Yeah. Uh, and then that kind of ease into it. Yeah. Stay on familiar ground first with people you, you, you kind of know. Yeah. Right? That, that was uh, humble enough to think, well, I'll, I'll just get the people I know at least. Yeah. And that kind of snowballed. And then suddenly I got, um, Horvath Bakke, a big famous, um, actor here in Norway. Uh, and that, he was on top of my list and he called me <laughs> to ask if he could be on set. Oh, well, oh, did he? Yeah. How did he find out about you? That's pretty interesting. Yeah, well, it was through a mutual friend, I think. It was on my my very first episode uh, well, called Ida. Well, see, and that's the thing with Norway. It's a very small country, and yeah. you never know who people know. No. And then all of a sudden, you have that almost direct linear contact sure. with somebody who's pretty famous. Yeah, yeah. And, and, well, it just started snowballing from there. And he heard that first episode with, with Ida, and he thought it was... 
great. So I was lying on my couch on a Saturday evening and suddenly he, he text, texted me on, on Messenger and asked if he could be on. I said, oh, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> uh, maybe not the sharpest, but I, I'm not that stupid. Uh, so I, of, of course, but then I had to cross out my, my, my top guest on, well, on the top of my, my wish list. Was it time to quit? You got your, you reached your top goal. Yeah, I'm I'll done. Rest of my life. In and out. <laughs> uh, so I thought, well, I, I have no filter. I just ask people. Well, it, it must have been a great confidence builder to get someone of that caliber so quickly. Oh, sure. He's he's one of my biggest heroes. Yeah. We chatted for about two hours after we ended the recording. It was yeah. a really nice guy. Well, it's probably the same way it is with me. I experience very often when they come here into the studio mm. that it's the conversation after we turn off the camera yeah, yeah. and the microphones. And I'm like, that is what we should have recorded. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but it, is, it, is the, it is a humbling experience to get that celebrity, that famous person, that person that you think may have been unreachable. Yeah, but sure. because of your podcast platform, they are reachable. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and like I said, in Norway we're more laid back, and yeah. we're we're not we're not that that big on on popularity and stuff. So, we're, well, I'm, I can in theory ask anyone, yeah. and yeah. they might say yes. So, I got him out. And I thought, well, I might as well just ask Stephen Fry. Yeah, he's gonna say no. Yeah. Obviously, he's gonna say no. he's, he's the most <laughs> most busy guy in the entire world. Of course, he's gonna say no. And then he said yes. Yeah. Very cool. And then I freaked out because I had nothing planned. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but planning, what is this thing you call planning? Yeah. <laughs> Push record and talk. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, of course, you, you have to have a certain amount. I mean, you have to sure, put uh, your mind in yeah. the right place and be prepared. But you don't script no, your podcast, well, I, I just script my, my intros mostly. Uh, okay, just make sure yeah. I get all the facts right. Right. right, uh, right. And then after that, I'll just go with the flow and, and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, same with you, just dear listener and viewer. I uh, also had John Allen on my show last year. Yes, and thank you for yeah. that. That oh, was very welcome. cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that was the first, maybe the second podcast appearance I had done where I spoke Norwegian. Mm. All of my other appearances on other podcasts, I always spoke English. But yeah. I spoke Norwegian on yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I asked if, if you're if you're willing to speak in the week. Yeah, you said yes, yeah, yeah. so I thought must Yeah, yeah. Uh, seen you on uh, NRK. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I, I texted you. That's uh, quite the experience. Getting on a, a platform like that, NRK and TV Two. Yeah. You know, and and well, you know, we were talking about uh, Norwegian celebrities, Norwegian mm. famous people. I remember walking in the first time I was on TV Two, and I walk in, and uh, I see. Uh, Oh, what's her name? Uh, 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 the weather lady, uh, Isabella. Yeah. Can't remember her last name. Martinson. Martinson, thank you. Um, I've, had, I've had a crush on her since 2002, <laughs> since I came here to Norway. And then all of a sudden, there she is. She's come, she w walked around yeah. the corner, and she, she looked at me and nodded and... Yeah. and, and it's like wow, you know. It's just it's this this surrealistic thing, but it's all it's it's very humbling. But then it's also uh, it also makes me aware of, like I said earlier, Norway is not that big of a country, and yep. access to people like that is relatively easy. And yep. like you said, you can just ask them, and they say yes or they say no. But most yep. often they say yes. Yeah, and worse that happens is that they, they say the no. Worst is that they say no. Yeah. yeah. 
you said yes. That's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said yes so so loudly, I even took the plane down. I, and I, I love that. Um, I do believe you are the one who has traveled the furthest to be here. There's some people who have driven for an hour or two, but I think this plane ride yeah. has set a record for my, my for my show. Yeah. So thank you. Two-hour plane ride and one train ride from Oslo to, to uh, where we are now. I still haven't had my first coffee yet. So, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. There's self-brewed by oh, me. Yeah. It tastes better than what we get at the airlines anyways. And they want to charge you 50 kroner <laughs> for a doggone little... It's probably one of those little paper... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Five bucks for, for... It's crazy. Yeah. This is free. See? Mm. Get free coffee here on Coming Home with John oh, Allen. Free tastes good. <laughs> and, I, and I grind the beans myself. Um, a lot of people just go straight to the filter coffee, but I like yeah. to grind the beans and then throw it through the filter. Mm-hmm. Makes for a better coffee. Yeah, I can taste it a lot. Let me ask you something about Stephen Fry. How how did you find his contact information? How did you ask him, in other words? Well, um, I, basically, I just Googled him, it was Stephen Fry in contact, and then... Uh, got all these sort of fake Google pages. Where, yeah, uh, yeah. If you pay five hundred bucks, you can get. Yeah, yeah. So I skipped those and then threw some. Wise back- decision. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that rich. Uh, so through some some back, some some backdoors and friends of friends, and I, I got to know that uh, uh, his personal assistant was no. a friend of someone I knew no. once. So uh, I asked her and then just told told him I, I'm a huge fan, and he helped me through. A lot of trauma, which yeah. will we'll get to. We're going to get into that, yeah. Um, and I would be honored if he could have 10 minutes or something. Yeah. And uh, not expecting him to say no. And then uh, three weeks later, I think, I suddenly got a video uh, on my Dropbox from Steam Fry. He had recorded an entire video for me, 25 oh, really? minutes, just answering my questions so that wow. I, this is what he said, so, so that you can edit in so it looks like we're talking together. Uh-huh. So he went to a lot of trouble just How to make sure. How generous of him to take the time to do that. He, he didn't have to. I didn't ask him. Comp- wow. Yeah. I love that See, guy. now that, that's the beauty of humanity there. Uh, there's this thing, at least in the U.S., where it's popular to hate on celebrities. Yeah. And yes, yeah, some of them are assholes. Some mm. of them are very selfish. Oh. But some of them are also quite beautiful and giving of their time mm. uh, and their money. Yeah. Um, some of the Joyous interviews I've I've had has been with Americans. So really, yeah. Hey, USA. <laughs> no, I I think uh, Americans. One, one of the cultural differences I've noticed, and I comment on this a lot. Mm. And I don't. I'm not trying to say anything bad about Norwegians, but one thing that I do miss is that American openness, that American yeah. friendliness. We are pretty much ready to talk with anybody, mm. give a smile, and have a conversation with anybody. Yeah. Whereas. At times, Norwegians are. However, I have to say, the further north you go, the more laid back and relaxed people are. Yeah, know? we're. From what I found. Of course, you've got your pockets of sure. foolishness up in uh, certain places up north. Yeah, not going to mention names, but yeah. I, I certainly could mention some <laughs> names and, and irritate entire villages yeah. up in uh, Nordthrums. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, but like um, where we have our place on Seiland up in mm. uh, up in Finnmark, everybody there is. I'll never forget the first time I was there in 2002. I had just come to Norway and I was kind of nervous mm. uh, on how these people were going to to accept me and my wife kept saying don't worry about it they're probably going to get on your nerves because they're so friendly (laughs) and they were so friendly Mm. very curious about who i was and how did i meet my wife and what do i think of norway what do i think of finnmark 
so you have, in my experience, you have more of that up north than you do here in Drummond. I said this a couple episodes ago. I've got neighbors around me right now, and we've been living here for, what, three three years in this house, and I have neighbors I don't even know their names. Yeah. I'm not proud of that, oh. but it's it's it, it says something about the difference, the general difference that can be found in different regions in Norway. Yeah, well, I, I bought an apartment in 2019, just before I moved to Germany. That was, that was a clever move. Uh, but, <laughs> but I think last last week or the week before, that's the first time I've been on first name basis with my neighbors. Yeah, and th- that's not to rag on Northern Norwegians. It's just me being very insecure, and <laughs> it takes a long time for me to trust people. Now you're you're in Tromsø, in the city, right? Or yeah. are you on the, Okay, yeah. I'm in the middle of the city. <sighs> Tromsø is kind of a uh, as we would say in norwegian bold og yeah you know it's it's both sides of that social spectrum some people are incredibly laid back mm. but i think those are the people who tend to have moved in to tromsø from yeah. the districts yeah but if you're a lifelong tromsø voting uh, it 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 has that city atmosphere that i i notice anyway mm. I'm, I'm a country boy from ohio yeah. so i notice that difference in the societal makeup of cities and the difference in how people relate to each other mm. in the cities. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I, I'm, I've always been told I'm not, uh, not not true Northern Norwegian because my father is from Oslo. Oh, okay. Uh, so from from East Oslo. So uh, he, he moved to Tromsø because uh, he was in the military. Okay. Uh, and he was just stationed there and yeah. he met my mom and here I am. Here you are. <laughs> <laughs> They're not, not together anymore. They got really... <laughs> tired of each other really fast but uh <laughs> but he, he, he's very happy he has, and yeah new wife and uh, yeah, three good. beautiful kids and good for him yeah uh but I, I think Norwegians in general are more driven to uh if I know you uh yes. you're, you're, you're your best friend I, I ever had or if I meet you when I'm drunk uh you'll be the best man in my wedding tomorrow yeah yeah um <laughs> but, but other than that when we're sober and we're just minding our own business where yeah. we're, we tend to just just be like ra- racehorses just going we have just one goal going that direction and everything else is just distractions yeah that's interesting you talk about the uh the the way alcohol can influence <laughs> yeah. uh, uh culture, the whole friendship uh thing the temporary friendship that lasts yeah. one evening you know and and i i not so much now because it's been a while since I performed, but when I was uh, out playing music, mm. uh, and I don't, I don't drink, oh. so I would be at a pub, uh, you know, with my band per- performing, watching everybody out there, you know, getting wasted, which mm. is no problem. It was actually quite entertaining <laughs> to watch that. Yeah. But the problem would arise after the concert, after the show, when they want to come up and talk, which of course is quite you know, enjoyable mm. unless they're so drunk that they are ready. Just yes. tell me one thing. And right up in the face and, and, <laughs> and spitting and, in your face. Oh, you know, <laughs> it's like, does this guy want to adopt me or what? I mean, I like being friendly, but come on, you know, <laughs> you know, so, so it's, there's a saying that Norwegians can't have a drink. They have to get drunk. Yeah. Um, we usually don't drink during the week. We save everything up save for the it weekend. All. Save it all for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> then we drink like like Vikings and forget about life. Like Vikings, that is a great way of putting it. It yeah. is almost a caricature of what 
one would think, you know, a, a Viking in a, in a hall with a long wooden table and every, you know, big mugs of beer and just <laughs> yeah. going crazy. It's almost that kind. It, you know, I said a few minutes ago, it's kind of entertaining to watch and mm. it is, but it's also a little bit sad because I think it's not an isolated thing. I think it's quite broad throughout the Norwegian society that that is people's, um, uh, uh views on how to drink yeah i think the norwegians are like jekyll and hyde yeah where when we're at a party and and the right music comes on it's like i don't know these people <laughs> i've known them for 30 years but i've never <laughs> seen that side of them before yeah, yeah. well uh, go to any uh Yulebord, uh christmas <laughs> christmas party i remember the first um First, I, I shouldn't say too much because some of these people are my friends today. But let's just say the first two uh, uh, Christmas uh, celebrations uh, at, at at an earlier job, and yeah, it's like who are these people? Yeah. And then you go back to work the following week, and it's like nothing ever happened. Yeah, and it was fascinating. It's like. I knew I know I had a look on my face because of the things I saw some of these people yeah. doing, but they didn't have a look on their face, and they're the ones that did it. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? What is this yeah. phenomenon here? So, welcome to Norway. Welcome to Norway. <laughs> but I, I, I shouldn't I, I shouldn't gather up all Norwegians and say that Nor all Norwegians are like this. But it is yeah. it's just an interesting trend in the societal makeup of Norway. I think there's a lot of stereotypes about Norwegians that there are. aren't quite true, but that. that that's the same for Americans. Sure, yeah. Well, uh, you know, people will say Americans, that, that openness, that friendliness that I talk sure. about, those, oh, it's false. It's fake. Mm. They're not that, you know, they don't really care. But we do, or I do. If I ask yeah. you how you're doing, I'm, uh, you know, come on, give me an answer. Yeah. Tell me how you're doing, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and get people like, well, you're my friend now. Come meet my family. Let's have dinner. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I want to ask you another thing uh, about uh, your podcast, mm -hmm. and you had uh, uh, Mackenzie Barman. <laughs> okay, Mackenzie Barman. It's M A C K E N Z I E Barman. B A R M O N. I want you guys to check her out on TikTok and Instagram. She is one of the most entertaining. Now she's known as a TikToker, but I've yeah. I don't. I'm, TikTok is. Oh, she's so in general. She's a professional actor. Professional uh, actor. Quite the humorist, <laughs> and she has Dark this thing humor. where she approaches fairy tales and kind of gives the woke explanation of what that fairy tale really means, and it yeah. is absolutely hilarious. But at the same time, you can learn something from it, also. Well, sure, she deals with all kinds of things from sexual violence to racism, yes. but she does it in a way of she's not on her high horse no. teaching everyone. She's, she's quite humble and she's yeah. very self depreciating, yeah, yeah. and it's entertaining as heck i laugh so hard at the same time as i'm learning things but but you had her on your show I had a how did how did you line that one up well i i i was you're not leaving here before you <laughs> help me get mckinsey barman on my show okay okay I'll give her uh give you her number when we're, when seriously we're i would love to, i would love to speak with her yeah. that would be fun but how, how did that come about well uh like most most of my stories, I was lying on the couch one evening, uh, and nothing to do. I uh, uh, felt a bit depressed, so I just started uh, watching this sort of YouTube shorts, so ten second videos on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and she just suddenly turned up, going, <laughs> trying to explain the the meaning behind Hotel California, one of my favorite songs. Okay, I haven't seen her do that. Oh, one. I haven't oh, seen that. I, I have to check that out. Yeah. It's gonna mess with everything you knew. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
I, I would say thank me later, but I'm not sure you will. <laughs> uh, but then I thought, who is this gal? And and and, and need to know. I just watched all her videos, and then I found her contact information uh, through Mr. Google. Mr. Uh, Google, Mr. Best Google, uh, very formal here, Mr. Google, <laughs> uh, and just. Send her a quick uh, email, just going, hey, I'm Mats from Norway. Uh, you've never heard of me. You've never heard of my podcast, but I've had Stephen Fry and Lemony Snicket and a lot of other people on. Uh, would you be willing to chat with me for yeah. 50 minutes? And yeah. to, again, expecting a no, but then she said yes, like 10 minutes later. You got to stop expecting a no. These people are saying yes, <laughs> well, left I'm, and right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always expecting a no, but then <laughs> suddenly someone says yes. So. How cool that someone like that will just make themselves available to you. That's, that is very cool. But that's a testament to your approach. That's a testament to your professionalism. And you, sure. you have this charming thing that makes people, well, it makes it easy for them to say yes. Yeah. Well, I, you know? I, I, uh, you're, a great, you're a great host. You're a great podcast host. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, uh, one uh, Norwegian musical actor on, he's probably going to hate me for calling him a musical actor, but uh, an actor on. Uh, called Espen Grotheim. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was the first Norwegian Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Uh, and we just chatted before we went on to have a sort of a pre-checklist pre yeah. of uh, what I'm allowed to ask and what yeah. I'm not allowed to ask and all that housekeeping. Um, we don't do housekeeping no. here. We just, <laughs> we just jump in. We just in. rip the bandit off. <laughs> I like it that way. Uh, but he, he was going... Well, you know, mate, you've done research on stuff that I've forgotten I ever did. Really? Like seven years ago, I have no idea what you're talking about. That is the sign of a good host. That is a good program host right there. It yeah. depends who you ask. If I'm doing just doing research that I find interesting, yeah. because I'm slightly autistic, yeah. or am I just digging way too deep? <laughs> well, you know, it's... it's you know, I don't. I can't speak to the to the slight uh, uh, autism thing, but I think these kind of things. You know, running a program like this, mm. I think it's easier when it's an independent program. You know, we don't sure. have producers or a network to answer yep. to, and we're independent, and our curiosity drives the whole thing. Yeah. We invite people on not because some producer told us to. Yep but we invite people on because we have a true interest in their lives. Mm -hmm. They, we feel maybe that we can learn something from them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that makes all the difference in the world. I think you, you can tell, or I can tell an overproduced podcast with a bunch of producers and maybe a network who's mm -hmm. owning it or taking a cut out of it. I can tell the difference between that and an independent podcast that's yeah. driven by someone who has a genuine curiosity for people or for certain subjects mm. yeah there's a big difference yeah i'd like to listen to to one podcast with uh, i won't mention his name but uh, an american professional wrestler uh yeah cool guy yeah. uh but he he always every single episode seamlessly transitions into the sponsor for the week okay i think he's telling me something vitally important that i need to know and then it's just a Add for Squarespace. So it, stop wasting my time, dude. I don't. Uh, I, I, let me give my opinion. Uh, let me let's talk a little bit about that whole thing with sponsorship. Now you saw at the beginning, I talked. I spoke directly to my viewers and listeners. Yep. Told them there's some links they can click on if they want to support the work that I do. Um, and I have no problem doing that. That's a genuine connection that I. It's almost like a Patreon. Mm. But I'm not doing Patreon because I don't 
uh, that's a whole other subject about why I don't do the Patreon thing. But I, I want it to be a very organic and genuine connection with <clears throat> my viewers and my listeners. Mm. So then the 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 moral or the ethical thing comes up when I start thinking about what would I do if um, if Freya uh, Melke uh, Chocolade came in and said we'll sponsor a few episodes for X number of dollars. What would I do then? Because that monetary support, you know, I, I make a living working for myself, so that monetary support is important. At what point do sponsors begin to color the palette of my content creation? Yeah. What do you think about that? You know, is well, I, I've never had sponsors. I probably never will. Uh, oh, come on, man! Yeah, well, you just might. You might. Yeah, who, who, who knows? They <laughs> who might knows? say yes. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I, I think. Well, I, I, I never, I'd never say no to someone willing to to cover some of my bills. Uh, Donations from listeners, yeah. Sure, uh, but but I, I I would feel kind of like I was selling out my soul if I was talking about something which I find really important or, or inspiring. And, and then, then all of a sudden you plug in a commercial, an advertisement yeah. for yeah. Uh, sorry, X Y Z. I just have to do this fifteen-minute ad for Freya. I've 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 thought that if that moment ever comes where I start getting sponsorships, I would have to have an agreement with, with them. And I think this would mean less money for me, but I would have to have an agreement with them that I would not no. cut into the con, you know, excuse me from this good conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Freya Chocolat, you know, I, I, I just couldn't no. do that because it interrupts the flow of the show. Yeah. So I would have to tell that sponsor that I'll just refer to a link in the description of the episode, mm. kind of like I did at the beginning for my own, uh, 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 links. Yep. I, I think that, you know, this is a conversational uh, uh, podcast and those little bumps with ads, I think would ruin the flow of it. I think we yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're having a nice conversation and then why would we, why would that? we, yeah. Why would we want to do that? Yeah. Sorry, Freya. Sorry. <laughs> Better luck next time. I'll keep eating their chocolate, but I don't think yeah, I'll take sure, their sure money will. for it. I'll have to pay for it myself. Oh, Norwegian chocolate. If if you are not here in Norway, if you're an American back home, I got to tell you, Hers out. Hershey bars and all that stuff back home, more power to them. Norwegian chocolate is where it's at. Ooh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the um, most memorable experiences I had from the first time I came here mm -hmm. to Norway to visit my wife before we were married was uh, when she gave me a big uh, milk de chocolate uh, 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 and I ate the whole thing in like 15 minutes, and I was so sick <laughs> yeah, by that evening. Uh, I had milk de chocolate. She got me, it took me to a kebab shop here mm. uh, in Drummond, and I ate all of this new stuff. It was very good, but it kind of messed up the evening because I was <laughs> stuck on the porcelain uh, seat there. Yeah. We've all been there. Have we? At least I have. <laughs> so you said you're slightly autistic. Yeah. Now, is that from a... Um, you don't mind me asking about this. No. Yeah. Is that from a formal diagnosis or is this a feeling of because, and I ask that because mm. I know in the last year, uh, four friends mm. who, uh, you know, well into their adult years, forties, fifties, and they're just now getting diagnosed mm. with, uh, uh, mild autism, Asperger's, yep. um, ADHD, mm. 
And I'm like, they've lived their whole lives and they haven't gotten an answer to something that they obviously felt was off base or different or whatever. Mm. How, how does this apply to you? Well, I, I got a formal diagnosis in, I want to say 2018. My dad is probably going to kill me because he has a, all the general knowledge. About how how my old life. are you now? I'm 31. 31. Yeah. Um, so uh, apparently it's solved a lot of things in my life. and, and Answers a lot of questions, right? Yeah, or... at least for my parents. I can't remember all the stuff they tend to bring up, okay. uh, the the examples of how everything now makes sense. But um, uh, but yeah, well, it, it sort of really gave me a new lease on life. In fact, I, I, I can't physically do a lot of work. Um, I, I used to be an actor. Uh, I like to say I used to be an actor in a, in a different life, um, <laughs> uh, but I, I can't physically stand um, on stage for more than ten minutes. Then my what? knees start aching. Oh, okay. Uh, had a well. This is a side note, but uh, I, uh, I was in a in a play uh, in 2011. I was the only guy uh, in a company of five or six girls, and just before the the interval, we were dancing to Bonnie Tyler. As you do. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to do this, this really cool power slide across the stage, pyro and yeah. blackout and yeah. then intermission. Yeah. Uh, that really didn't work because we were playing it in a, in a cafe in, in Tromsø and it had these, these sort of, uh, mats on the floor. Mm-hmm. So you're not supposed to trip or slide. Uh, I didn't know that and oh. we didn't have any time to rehearse because there's cafe. Was, in my head. Yeah, so I'm, oh. I'm going full force. Full pelt across the carpet, stopping instantaneously, of course, oh. tripping over myself, going with one knee after the other on the concrete and oh. just sh- schmack. Oh boy. Um, so, ouch, I, ouch. yeah, so I broke my knee. Uh, oh god. Uh, it's better now. It's not yeah. fully healed, but it's better now. Yeah. Uh, so after that, I just really couldn't do much. Yeah. Uh, and I started getting depressed and I started hanging out with, uh, other theater people just to be around them through osmosis. Well, I'm, I can understand the depression. Um, people who gravitate towards art, you know, whether it's acting, music, uh, uh, podcasting, you know, yep. whatever it is, if that's all of a sudden taken away, that's a big part of your life, a big part of your identity. Sure. A big that, part that, of what connects you to being you, yeah. right? And all of a sudden it was gone. Yeah, and acting was sort of the, the only thing where I felt I really had something to to give it was something I could master because finally I could be someone else and I yeah. knew what I was going to say I had a script I didn't okay. I didn't need to think about what was what was the other other person was going to answer yeah now now it makes sense <laughs> the pieces <laughs> fall into place um so then in, in fast forward to 2018 just to answer your question uh my my dad uh you're better than me if you remember my question so. <laughs> I, I usually don't remember my own questions or my own name sometimes. So, uh, today's a good day, I suppose. Uh, my, my dad proposed that we uh, just do this test just to mm. have that eliminated because... Um, uh, so Nav, there was a suspicion that something... Th- there was a slight suspicion and, and Nav uh, here in Norway was uh, trying to get me into, into work and trying to uh, put me off benefits and... Yeah. Uh, not naturally. For those back home in the states or other places, NAV NAV is the social um, the social support structure here yep. in Norway. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and it's all, uh, an alternative was just to have that checked out because yeah. if it turned out I was autistic, then I had other rights and yes, 
and stuff, uh, Norwegian bureaucracy. Um, so we just had a test done to five, four, four months, I think, with rigorous tests and yeah. this sort of. That must have been quite the ordeal. Well, four or five months—that's a long time to be. Yeah, it was uh, going uh, through this machinery of trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, it was basically just trying to answer questions I didn't no. really know the answer to, and <sighs> just looking at this. Uh, do you call it in America? This, uh, where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. looking at that, just the autism <sighs> edition. Just yeah, yeah. why is Frida sad today? I don't I even know. know. I don't know her. Ask Frida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to ask it for her. She's a strong, independent woman. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and the doctor was look, look, just looking at me going, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. <laughs> so, this was this was in 2018. So, you were 27, 28 years old. Yeah. Now, I mentioned people who are in their 40s and 50s who are just finding out about these things. Uh, you know, 27, 20, that's still rather far along in life Yeah. before you kind of get a handle on this certain aspect of your identity Yeah. and why things are the way they are. Uh, tell me about how you felt when the diagnosis finally landed and you knew that that's what was going on. Was that a relief? Was it scary? Was it... An explanation of some sort? Bit, bit of all three, I guess, because mm -hmm. I, I got a formal letter on the 1st of April. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's I, not nice. That's, no, that's not nice at all. No. They couldn't have waited a day. That's just give mean. Give it to you on the second. That's just mean. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I didn't understand. It was a lot of formal writing, yeah. loads of paragraphs about sure. how I'm not fit to be at work, at least. Um uh, so I, I, that didn't make any sense. I had, had to to scan it and send it to my to my dad. I took a screenshot of something, yeah. and he explained it to me over the phone while I was reading it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they basically just said you have what was formerly, at least in Norway, formerly known as uh, Asperger. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got, gone away from that. Now it's just autism spectrum disorder. Yeah. Because we we don't want to uh, have some prejudice against. Someone with that's a good point. Uh, because when I think of it, I don't hear people refer to it as Asperger's anymore. No, so officially, it's autism just a, spectrum, you know, is more of the yeah terminology used. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it was a relief because then okay, I I can relax now. I, yeah, uh, I'm I'm getting money from the state. That sounds really strange. Is trying to explain that to, a, to an American audience, but I, I, I basically I get money because I can't work. Yeah. Uh, unemployment benefits. Thank yeah. you, Brain. Um, so that was a relief. I didn't have to to yeah. put further strain on on my body and my psyche just to yeah. try to find something. Yeah. Uh, just to make ends meet, and through that I also got my my apartment in in Tromsø. I got a got a loan from. Uh, from a government uh, governmental fund or something like that. Lower interest rates and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, which, by the way, all that you know, I'm an American, but I've been mm -hmm. here in Norway for 20 years, yeah. and I totally support um, 
the uh, the welfare system here in Norway and the way it supports people. It's there for those who need it. Do some people abuse it? Yes. Sure. Most people do not. Most yep. people are in desperate need of it, yep. and it takes the desperation away because it's yep. there. Yep. It's there for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, I don't have to work every day to make ends meet. I yeah. can put all my energy and focus into something I'm really passionate about. Yes. That, that as you do with your show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to be acting. I, well, I can't be on stage every day anymore. I'm not a professional actor, so I don't I don't have any right to to be fair. Uh, so I, I, I can start my own podcast and I can just spend weeks researching a person. Yeah. Because I have the luxury of... Weeks? Not, Did yeah. you spend weeks researching me? <laughs> uh, no, I spent three Couple days. A couple minutes? <laughs> three, three days. I, I watched NRK on repeat and then I uh, Googled you a bunch. I'm just teasing. That was a very good uh, conversation that I had with you. You're, you're a great Thank you. interviewer. Thank you. Um, I remember how comfortable I was there. And in, in, uh, I mean, I'm always comfortable going into any kind of an interview situation, even sure. if it's on TV. I, it's fun. I like it. it yeah. It's very relaxing. But you had a way of presenting your questions. that, And I think this is a, this is a rare thing because most podcasters um, – it, it turns into more of an interview as opposed to a conversation. Yeah. But you made it into a conversation, which was more, it feels more natural. And it's like, yeah, I'm just talking to this guy. I like talking to people. Yeah. Interview seems a little, you know, yeah, that's so uh, you, you got to be careful. You're, yeah. You feel vulnerable and what are they going to ask me? But if it's a relaxing conversation, you feel more, you don't feel, or I don't feel invaded. I feel... Mm brought in umfavne as we would say yeah. uh in norwegian so you're you're good at that well thank you well my my, my dad used to be a journalist for 25 years roughly ah, so okay. i've learned from newspaper him. tv uh newspaper newspaper so he just started freelance uh when i was like two i want to say freelance yeah, yeah. just started just started yeah. writing stuff and hoping to get um more stuff to do and then he yeah. just slowly worked his way up until he, uh, yeah, until he uh, he uh, f found another job, and I was in the uh, Philharmonic Orchestra as a uh, oh. director of communication. I think it is. Oh wow, how cool is that? Yeah. Now I've I've always admired the freelance journalist. Mm. You know, I respect all journalists doing their job, but when you're a freelancer and you're counting on the quality of your work, you're not yeah. hired. You're not going to get that paycheck, that yeah. nine to five deal. You're counting on the quality of your work to support yourself. Mm. There's something ballsy about that. There's some guts involved. Yeah, I also, also say to, to all my guests before we start, hit the big red button, uh, is that, well, I, I'm I'm not here to waste your time. I know that you're busy. And yeah. I'm, I'm taking one hour of your workday. So I'm not going to waste your time asking you, like, what does it feel to be a woman in the... <laughs> Aren't those the most boring questions? But that's yeah. what you hear time and time and time again. Yeah. And I don't understand. You know, some of these people have gone to school for years mm -hmm. to be a journalist. And don't you... Haven't you learned better than that? I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to... I would think so. I'm, I'm not going to try But I'm not trying to... No. You know, everybody has their own style. But yeah. but I think, I think some journalists forget about what people want to hear. Yeah. We want to hear something that is organic and flowing and natural, yep. not these questions that you pull out of a hat and, and yeah. you're going to ask the next guest the exact same thing. Yeah, you just fill in the blanks with, the, with their name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, I, some people say I'm, I'm too careful with my questioning sometimes. Uh, and 
to be fair, I, d- I don't I don't mind. Well, but that's that relaxed style that yeah. you have that I mentioned. It's not. I wouldn't say it's too careful. It's just a relaxed style. Yeah, and, and you put to, people at ease. Well, thank you. you know? well, and and not to toot my own horn, but I think I think if, if I'm going to to talk to you, mm-hmm. uh, who at that point I've never met you, I've never heard of you, we've never talked before, uh, and then I'm going to spend 20, 30 minutes talking about the recent killing of George Floyd. Yeah. I'm not going to go, okay, as, in, <laughs> as a former cop in Chicago, what do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to ease into it, and I'm yeah. going to have a conversation rather than just piercing your Exactly, questions. and then you remove that confrontational thing that very often comes from exactly. in those kind of discussions. Yep. Um, it, it's it's um, yeah, it just softens the whole thing. It rounds it off, and it makes it more natural. It's not a journalist speaking to a subject. Yep. It's two guys talking. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it's just to me that's much more pleasant to hear um, uh, as a listener or as a viewer. It's mm. more more pleasant to watch those kind of conversations as opposed to these kinds of interviews. It's yeah. two totally different worlds. Yeah, and it's, uh, so many people already doing those kinds of interviews. So I, I I don't need to add to that. I can just do my own thing. Yeah, there's enough people, enough people doing that. That's yeah, for sure. and I, I got Stephen Fry before Frederick Skavlon, so it, apparently it works. <laughs> Skavlon is um, that dude is so popular. His oh, yeah. show, his he's lawyers are gonna brand. hate me now. I'm sorry, huh? His lawyers are gonna hate me now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's watching though. Nobody's uh, watching this. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, his his brand has just exploded. He's yeah. he went from being just a Norwegian guy doing his thing to this Norwegian guy who was spread out through Scandinavia to this Norwegian guy who is known all over Europe yeah. to this Norwegian guy who is now getting a foothold in the States mm-hmm. because of the guests that he's bringing in. It's yeah. just, ah, good for him. Yeah, 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 I mean, he's part of that machinery that I kind of try to distance myself from, but I got to respect that guy's branding. I mean, people, oh, yeah. people know who he is and he, he does work for it. He, and he does work for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you came here, uh, or I, I invited you on because I heard about a story that you have to tell, mm-hmm. and I facilitate storytelling on this program. I want people to come on and tell their story, mm. uh, <clears throat> in the hopes that it will. Uh, I mean, I know that the story of the people that people tell when they come on my show, I know it's going to help me. Because I invite people on because I know they can inspire me, motivate me, teach me something. But I also hope that it can bleed off into the viewers and listeners that they can also learn something. I think that your story is going to help a lot of people. That's what I'm hoping. You're going to tell a story. um, uh, You're going to get into it a little bit here. I'm going to ask you about it. I am asking you about it. But you're also going to tell this story through a documentary that you have produced. Yeah. Uh, so you've gone from former actor mm-hmm. to documentary producer. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, somebody said that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, t- tell me about, uh, start wherever you want to start. Um, uh, you're, okay. you're, you're digging back into your past yeah. and you're bringing it forward to the present and it's being dealt with. Is that a good way to lead into what this is about? Yeah, uh, yeah. Co- covers most bases. Well, we have to go back to 2011. Uh, roughly at the same time, I, I in Germanese, I got depressed and I hung around other actors just to have fun. Yeah. Um, so that's me. Uh, just turned 20. 
naive uh, as all hell and uh, thinking as all 20 year olds are yeah thinking i'm owed, <laughs> owed something uh, which i wasn't um and i got back in touch uh with this guy i've i'd known since i was a kid um and you'll understand very shortly why I'm I'm hesitating to to go any 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 further with that. But um, he was running an organization, a, a volunteer organization in Tromsø, and he wanted me to take on his duties as he was leaving to do other projects. Yeah. And uh, under the pretense of um, going to his place, having a glass of wine, just having two mates having fun. Uh, just talking through the the program and the the policies that we were trying to uh, uh, get our local politicians to listen to, um, I was invited to his place and I didn't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't suspect anything because we were just two mates just having fun and yeah. catching up. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then uh, been there for maybe twenty minutes. I want to say. Not long at all. And then he, uh, instead of turning on uh, the local news, uh, he turned on gay porn. And that that, that didn't make sense. Quite the shock, I would assume. Yeah. uh, I can't imagine any situation, hardly any situation where that would have been appropriate. No. (laughs) And even if he had been honest and said, well, let's just go back to my place and watch porn, I still would have said no well the thing is is there would be a question presented yeah. first yeah, yeah to where you sure. have a choice yeah like do you want to watch exactly. porn? Yeah. yeah um but he didn't give you that opportunity he no, just no uh so i i noticed something was uh not quite right let's say um so i w- wanted to to go home and i just told him well We'll talk about tomorrow. We'll pretend nothing happened today, and we'll just carry on as normal. How did he take that when you said it that way? Uh, he was offended. Was he really? Well, yeah. Um, offended because you weren't into it. Yeah, because he thought, well, it's rather bold of him. <laughs> yeah, uh, and yes, yeah, so I was, well, I'm just gonna, gonna go home. Uh, yeah. It's a nice offer, but it's really not my cup of tea. Uh, must preface this. Well, I, I'm bisexual, but uh, I wasn't interested in him. In him, yeah. yeah. And I wasn't, wasn't interested in. And, that and, sort and of. again, in in any situation where you know you're you're kind of trying to romance someone or flirt mm. with them, at some point a question should be asked rather than yeah. just throwing something like that in front of their face. Yeah, I can't imagine hardly any situation where that's the appropriate way to do it. I just no. And even if you it. want to hit on someone. Don't start to, off watching porn. Well, yeah, that's my point. There's a, <laughs> there's a, a way, there's a, there's, there's a script <laughs> yeah. that should be somewhat followed. Yeah. There's a certain amount of decorum that says that you don't just, here's porn, let's watch it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, then he, he told me to stay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, it just came out the wrong way. Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, trying to backpedal. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll stay for another hour. Then I have to go home to my my mom. She's expecting me. I was still living with uh, with my parents at the time. Yeah. Um, then he started uh, touching me and kissing me. Oh, okay. So after you told him, yeah, that 
you know, this wasn't for you. You're not into this him. This isn't going to happen. He's still, he's still, wow. Yeah, he put his arm around me. I was like, okay. oh, fine. Yeah. Uh, but then he started, his hands started wandering south, let's say, and he started kissing me on my neck and, and biting my ear. And, yeah. um, and, and, and I found that really inappropriate. And, yes. uh, well, we're friends, but we're, we're not that kind of friends. Right. And, and you thought that was clear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hadn't, hadn't seen each other for what, five, six years or something. Yeah. And the first thing you're, you're going to do is going to hit on me. Like, that's that, that's that, that, that's that's no good. And and by the way, I have a boyfriend at the time. I had a boyfriend. And he knew that. He knew that. Yeah. And we were more or less mutual friends. Because I was thinking, and not to excuse his behavior, but no. I'm I'm trying to. Th- think of how he was justifying his actions in his own mind could he have misinterpreted you know you said you hadn't seen him in a while could he have misinterpreted your you know i don't know whose idea it was to meet up or or whatever but could he have misinterpreted something oh sure i'm sure he did and i'm sure i i I sent sent him some signal or maybe i was just being extra friendly because I hadn't seen him in a while and he yeah I'm not I'm not saying you did anything no, no, to no, mislead no. him I'm saying in his own mind maybe yeah, yeah. there was yeah I don't know I'm just I'm trying to figure out how this guy could have been so so invasive on you like yeah that. I, I think I haven't asked him that particular question but uh I think me just trying to be extra nice just to catch up uh he construed that as me flirting yeah. with him and that's uh, his his fault that's his problem that's on him we don't we don't victim shame here you know we you you should be you should have been allowed to be happy to see him and friendly and even give him a hug and whatever without him trying to interpret it into something else yeah yeah and yeah like i said he knew i had a boyfriend he knew i was taken yeah uh and i wasn't interested i made that perfectly clear but uh so yeah he's coming on to me and uh doing inappropriate stuff so i now i'm leaving yeah. Uh, How long had you been there at this point? Hour and a half, maybe two so hours. That's a tops. lot of discomfort on yeah. you, then. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just me, mostly just trying to go. Okay, he'll he'll stop sometime. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's had a bit much, a bit too much to drink. Well, I'll just. Were you were you thinking that uh, you know eventually he's going to realize he's going too far? I keep telling him no, he's going to get it eventually, and he'll leave me alone, and we can keep our friendship intact were you hoping that 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 he would get to the point where he realized that he was going over the line i I was hoping at least that uh, if it went any further i would be able to say no and he would understand that okay uh but he had kept drinking steadily uh, after we got to his place and was he older than you by six months i think okay yeah um Mm. so he, he was just I didn't get the sense that he would understand me if I said something. So I, I, I felt like I don't need to get physical, but I need to do something, something really clearly in broad terms just to make him understand I'm not cool with this. Yeah. Um, so when he starts start undressing himself and undressing me and putting his hands where his hands didn't belong, um, I just I had enough and I said, well, okay, this ends now and if it goes any further i'll report you tomorrow you told him this yeah yeah i'll report you tomorrow for trying to rape me yeah. just to try to scare him off yeah because at the time i knew the daughter of the police chief 
Oh yeah. So I thought, well, if he doesn't doesn't believe me, I'll just use that card. Sure, sure. Uh, I never hoped it would get to that, but I'd just scare off with the four-letter yeah. word title yeah. of my film. Um, <laughs> but that didn't work. He just whispered in my ear, uh, I know everyone on the police force. No one is going to believe you. Oh. And that freaked me out. I bet and, it did. And what a horrible thing to yeah, say. I had never been so scared in my entire life. Uh, and <sighs> I just got up. And of course, my knees being bad, I took some time getting my shoes on. Yeah. As I'm kneeling down um, in this hallway trying to get my last shoe on, I hear him walking up behind me. Yeah. I hear him picking up a wine bottle that he's emptied by himself. And he smacks it in the back of my head. Good God. Wow. Everything fades to black. And two hours later, I wake up and he's on the couch. Uh, sleeping, snoring, naked, yeah. and I'm on the floor, naked. Um, it feels like I'm dead. Oh and man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a long time ago, but yeah, it's, um, long I, time ago. Yes, but I bet you it's not. I can see it's difficult for you to talk about. Uh, yeah. You don't get over something like that. You yeah. learn how to handle it. Yeah. In possibly better ways, but mm. you don't get over something like that. No. And it's like, it's, it's two hours of my life that I never get back. I'll never know what happened. I never know wow. what, what he did. Uh, but I, 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 well, I, I know instinctively what he did. Yeah. But I, I, I won't ever know the, 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 the fine details of it. And. But it was obvious he had taken advantage of you and sexually assaulted you yeah. while you were unconscious. Yeah. You realized that as soon as you woke up, as soon as you came to consciousness? As soon as I woke up, I was uh, bleeding from the back of my head. Yeah. Uh, bleeding from elsewhere. And uh, uh, I had an erection. It's just really embarrassing to talk about, it, but uh, long story short, if a man gets raped, if he gets sexually stimulated in any sort of way, yeah, he gets an erection. Yeah, uh, involuntary or not, it's it a it's happens. a it's a natural reaction. Has nothing to do with uh, desire, uh, no. uh, mental state. It's a physiological reaction. Yeah. So, uh, I just woke up and I I, th I thought I was dead. Wow. And I thought I was just having sort of <laughs> out of uh, out of body experience or just reliving the last thing I could remember before I died. Yeah. That's what I kept telling myself. And I tried to stand up and I couldn't move. And I was just screaming inside my head, but I, I, I nothing would come out. Couldn't move. Now, is this because of the mental and emotional shock or is this because of the injury from being hit over the head? I think it was mostly just a shock. Okay. Um, but also, let's be fair, I had a major concussion. Absolutely. It's not like it is in Hollywood where you see somebody break a bottle over somebody's head and the person no. just kind of shakes it off. No. 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 I've, I've seen that in, in my work in the yeah. past, people who have been hit over the head with bottles. It's it's bad. It, yeah. It's pretty ugly. Yeah. Real wine bottles are not made from sugar glass. No, they are not. And then they're not ma ma meant to break. No. Uh, but they do. Um. So I, I just tried to, to get up and my clothes were all over the place. Yeah. And 
uh, just got most of it. My T-shirt uh, was torn to shreds. Uh, so I just figured, okay, I don't need that anymore. Yeah. Um, and I just walked home uh, in short, short skinny oh. shorts and tights and oh. uh, shoes and walked uh, five, ten minutes to where my mom lived. And the first thing I did was have a shower. Yeah. Which I shouldn't have done. That's not the victim shame anyone. But if you, you know. if you look at it from a forensic side of things, of yep. course you should not do that. Yep. However, there is the mental, uh, emotional trauma, yep. and it's a natural thing to you know. I've got to, um, you know, in a literal sense, wash this experience off of me. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I need him out of my body. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then again, having having done that, I couldn't prove anything right, uh, and right. him saying I know everyone in the police force scared me so much that I didn't press charges wow. uh, so uh, my, my mom uh, works in uh, in the local hospital uh, as a pharmacist but she she's used to seeing stuff sure sure uh, so she knew something was up but she well she didn't want to confront me with anything uh, so it took about I want to say three months maybe six months before I told her. Okay, so you did end up telling her. I did end up telling her, but, but, but by, <sighs> by then it was too late. Uh, well, too late for? Well, too, too late to, to do any sort of forensic tests. And uh, I'd been showering and uh, yeah. I, I didn't want to talk about it. So I, I right. just painted myself into a corner. Right, right. Uh, and also because I had this naive preconception in my head that men don't get raped well, you know, th that is a whole podcast episode in itself. Oh, um, yes. A lot to unpack that. Society in general uh, is not prepared to fully um, uh, and, 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 and clearly uh, and honestly have that discussion when it comes to men and the trauma that we experience, whether it's yeah. rape or or other forms of abuse physical abuse mental abuse mm -hmm. uh, spousal abuse yep. um it is a fact in the united states that more women abuse their children than men do mm. so <clears throat> i'm not trying to shame women but let's just yeah. hold ourselves to the facts yeah. uh, i believe that there are a lot and i think i said this to you before we mm -hmm. You know, I think when when we were on the telephone talking about this uh, a few a few days ago, I I feel that there are a lot of men who have gone through similar situations, yep. like what you've described here, and the world will never hear it. And that yep. is, I don't want to say it's a disservice because believe me, I understand how hard it is to tell these kinds of stories. But let's all just agree that these kind of stories are out there. Oh, yeah. Let's all agree that the more of these stories that can be told, mm. the more men who will be helped. Yeah. You're helping someone. You're, we're not even finished, uh, no. but you've helped who knows how many men Hopefully. who are watching and listening. I, th I think so. Yeah. Um, uh, you're going you're, you're gonna to give courage to somebody out there mm. who has been through something similar and they need to talk about it. Yeah. Because... I'm going to assume, you tell me if I'm wrong, 
talking about this and putting your story out there, telling the story right now, making that documentary has done something with your healing process. Am I right? Oh, sure. Uh, I've, I've regained my, my power, my, my, my autonomy. I, I get chills when you say that because that is exactly what it is. You find a new freedom, do you not? Yeah. And uh, well, empowerment, strengthening. Yeah, okay, give me, I'll get more into the, the the details of the film, but I, in the film, in the, in the entire film, I wear the same clothes I wore that evening. Did you? Yeah, uh, just to oh. give a big middle middle finger to him. Just going. Huh. So you so you held on to those clothes all these years. Yeah, I I, I can't for love me say why, but I I did. And when when I knew I was going to shoot this film, I found them in the back of my closet. Going, Wow. If I'm ever going to wear them again, it has to be now. When did you decide to do this documentary? Well, uh, this is also a long, long story. I'll try to cut it down. But uh, I, I was living in Germany for three years uh, with my uh, then girlfriend, and uh, we broke up. And is she German? Is that what took you to yeah. Germany? Okay, yeah. Yeah. she's German. Uh, I uh, I didn't have to work, as we said. Right. Uh, so it was easy for me to move there and try sure. to learn German than for her to come to Norway and stuff. Sure. Um, so it was re really nice for about three years and then took a turn. We drifted apart and, and I was I was forced to move back to, or forced in inverted commas, to move back to Norway uh, in May of this year. So I was lying on, on, my, on my couch, as I, as I tend to do in these stories. Um, <laughs> Everything starts from the couch. Yeah, <laughs> my my best ideas come from the couch. Apparently, uh, so I was feeling really sorry for myself and crying yeah. and watching Titanic and and and, and oh, shouting at that. Kate Winslet. When you watch the Titanic, it's never going to turn out good for no. you. And that that door <laughs> is big enough for both of them. <laughs> yeah, thank that you. That is my hill to die thank on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, bitch, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I don't want to get cold. Well. What about me? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I'm cold enough. I'm thinking. <laughs> you had your chance. Bye. Um, so uh, my my uh, one of my, my my best friends called uh, Espen Olaisen. Shout out to Espen. Uh, he was doing um, he was leading a workshop at, uh, at a uh, creative hub for teenagers in Tromsø called Tvibit. Okay. Uh, it's where kids from. Ages 15 to 30 can come and uh, explore their... their like a workshop bit. type of thing. Yeah, yeah. it's like a safe haven. You can come there, yeah. it's a cafe. You can meet people yeah. and make new friends and sort of do, do anything you want creatively. Yeah. Um, so he, he was running this workshop called Short Docs uh, that Fibit was producing where a bunch of people, filmmakers or people who are just interested in film, uh, had uh, the opportunity to learn how to make a documentary a short documentary, uh, five minutes max, um, and through different mentors and workshops yeah. and exercises, would end up with our own short documentary, uh, which is um, this film. Uh, so he asked if I just wanted to come along, and I think he just he asked me because he knew I, I, yeah. I, it wasn't good for me to sit alone for for, for too long. And that is the beauty of a true friendship. Yeah. They always, they, they know what you want. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, they know what you need, yeah. actually. When, yeah. You know, when it comes to comfort or when it comes to self-expression. Yeah. A good circle of friends can really pull you out of a depression. Yeah. You yeah. message me, well, if you feel it's, it's not for you, that, that's fine. You can yeah. Yeah. go home. Just 
Just try it. Sure. The offer was there. Yeah. Yeah. What's the worst worst that's going to happen? You drink some bad coffee. You you talk (laughs) about film. You do that anyway. So (laughs) nothing's going to change there. And who knows? Maybe you'll you'll make a film. And that'll be another way into your your filmmaking or love of filmmaking. Uh, So it'll be behind the camera. Or can you be in front of the camera if you want to? So the, the, the idea was, well, at least my interpretation of the idea was that you have to uh, tell a story yeah. that you feel is important. Yeah. Um, and I interpret that as if I'm ever going to make a short documentary or documentary in general, it's probably going to outlast me. Yeah. Uh, I need to be able to justify that when I'm 60, 70, 80. Yes. So it needs to be something that I, I can stand for yeah. for the rest of my life. And the only story I feel I have any sort of authority to tell is this story. So in doing that, in, in starting to storyboard and, 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 and try to find the visual aspects of the story and finding the balance between showing stuff and, because as I say, it's show, don't tell, but I don't want to show someone get raped. Yeah. So I need to find another visual language right. to tell a story. A new f- what more artistic expression of that yeah. act? Yeah, but I, I, yeah. I felt it, it, it was some something missing. Yeah, and if it's just me go, telling my story for five minutes, it's gonna be this sob story for five minutes, it's just me pleading for any sort of sympathy, and that's not what I'm going for. No, uh, and I, I generally want to help people with this story. Yeah, and I want this film to be the film that I never had. When yeah. I was twenty. Yes. Um, so I knew it was missing something. So, I, but I also knew that he would recognize certain scenes and sure descriptions and stuff. Uh, even though I, yeah. I've redacted his name, I've censored it, and I've even hired a uh, professional actor to to voice yeah. him, uh, so that he will never be identified because he objectively has the right to remain anonymous. I understand, but is that uh, what I just have to ask? Was that a source of conflict for you? Did you yes, wa- yes and no? You know, is, is there a part of you that wants to shout out to the world that this is the guy who you know he he did it? Yeah, I'm I'm biting my tongue here because I have a live mic right right in front of me. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I part of you certainly wants to. I, I probably wants to <sighs> fuck him up. Yeah, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Understandable. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I also know that that objectively, uh, well, on paper, yeah. officially, yeah. nothing happened between us. Right. Because there was no sentencing. There was no police right. involved. Uh, it's just my word against his. And that's not much to go on in the no. Norwegian legal system, no. unfortunately. Or in any legal system, to be fair. Or any legal system. Uh but as I, I I knew it that if I go now and tell his name and where he lives and uh, the name is his wife or boyfriend or whatever it is, um, that that's on me. I'm gonna yeah. be the bad guy. Right. Right. Uh, but I know that he's gonna recognize certain things. Sure. And he's gonna uh, he's gonna know who I'm talking about without yeah. me expressively saying it. So I I I. And I knew I had to inform him somehow that I'm making this. Okay, film. okay. Because if I don't, at least that's me thinking it. If I don't, then he's gonna 
try to protect himself afterwards, let's say, and try to get revenge or silence me or whatever. Uh, so I mainly just called him just to say, hey, I'm making a film about what allegedly in the vertical commas happened. Had you spoken to him at all since? No. Well, we, we, we met a couple of times because he just randomly showed up at my door a couple of times. Interesting. And wanted to be friends. Hey, let's have a pint. Yeah. Uh, but no real contact, no effort no. at contact on your part no. since 2011. No. No. Uh, he, okay. he's, he, he instigated all the conversations. Okay. Um, so I, I just called him going, hey, you don't want to talk to me? I really don't want to talk to you either. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I'm making a film. No one's going to know your name. No one's going to see your face. Hell, no one's going to hear your voice. But I just need you to know I'm making this film regardless of what you say. Mm -hmm. I just need you to know that I'm doing it. Yeah. So you can't come afterwards and say you weren't informed. Right. Or that I'm slandering you or right. that I'm making you do something you're not. Right, right. Uh, so I'm doing it. And I don't need your blessing. I'm not asking for it. I'm just telling Good you, for you I'm for doing putting it that way. Yeah. yeah. I'm just telling you I'm doing this film, whether you like it or not. Now you have the opportunity, if you have anything you want to say to me, you're able to say it now. Yeah. But this is your last chance, mate. If you have anything to say to me afterwards, after I hang up now, I'm never going to talk to you again. I don't, I don't care. I just I need yeah. you out of my life. Yeah. But if you want to call me a F word or whatever you yeah. want to say just to get that out of your system, fine, do it. Yeah. Do it now. So we ended up talking for like 45, 50 minutes on the phone. Wow. Okay. Uh, weirdly. That's interesting. Yeah. It was just, as always, he was just trying to be a friend. Okay. And he was offended that, uh, well, I haven't talked to you for several years. And now you just call me up out of the blue. What the fuck do you want from me? And and it's like, yeah, that's exactly what I did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Good boy. Good boy. You understood it. Um, I'm sorry. I'm fidgeting here. I'm trying to, there's some feedback coming through my mic. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. There we go. I'll do some ASMR. Can you take this and just loop it over the table? I think it's touching something that's making it feedback. Maybe I'm there we go. something. No, now we're good. Okay. Good. I'm sorry. No. I had to do that. It just kept buzzing yeah, yeah, yeah. on my headphones here. Uh, no, so, uh, we. Well, good on you for telling him that you know you don't need his freaking permission. No. You're, however, you're also being um, an ethically sound filmmaker yeah. by contacting him yeah. and letting him know that this is coming. Yeah. And good for you. Good for you. Anyone mentioned or their <laughs> likenesses, they have the right to be informed. Yeah. Uh, objectively, they have the right to be informed. Uh, so the film is going to be made anyway. And yeah. no one's going to stop it from being screened on the 14th of October in Tromsø. Um, 14th of October in Tromsø. Oh, yeah. And there's information about it on your Facebook page for That's both right. your private Facebook and for your podcast yeah. Facebook page. That's right. Uh, I'm going to link to it in the description of this episode, everybody, so you can find that. Mm -hmm. uh, so and, and he's not going to stop it from being screened. Yeah. And so good, you, good for you. Yeah. So you, you might as well tell me what the fuck is wrong with me now. Yeah. yeah. And forever hold this piece. Yeah. Or 
You could just, so did he get harsh with you then? Did he try to talk you out of this? He tried to intimidate me from doing anything. Threatened with lawyers? Threatened with violence? Lawyers, police, and he's going to sue me. And he he knows that my, my, my big sister uh, mm. studied to be a lawyer. Uh, well, studied law at least. Uh, he, he knows who my dad is because, let's face it, Tromsø is a small town. Everyone sure knows is. who my dad is. Yeah. Um, well, it didn't work as a threat, but yeah. Uh, so he would say, okay, I, I know where your, your, your brothers and sisters go to school, but yeah. Yeah. Just to try to yeah. just be a stereotypically movie villain. He was being who he was. Yeah. Right? He hadn't yeah. changed. Uh, so, uh, he was, okay, well, you, you know what you, F word, um, I didn't rape you. Just get that in your head. I didn't rape you. You said had, that? Yeah. I didn't rape you. We had sex. And if you're going to regret that 11 years later, that's on you, mate. So he's just totally removing the whole thing with hitting you in yeah. the head with the bottle. Yeah, yeah. In his mind, nothing happened. And I just like, I, I just like it rough, apparently. Not that rough. Um, yeah, getting cracked over the head with a bottle always turns me on. Oh, yeah. Nothing is more exciting than being passed out when you have <laughs> sex with me. What a jackass. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, but I guess it was kind of expected that he would. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't expect him to confess to anything. No. Knowing that I no. was talking to him on the phone and knowing yes. that I would, because I was making a film. Yeah. He's not that stupid. No. He knows I'm going to sure. use it sure. somehow. Sure. So he's not, he's not going to go, oh, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, he's he's going to save his own height as, as much as he can. Sure. Um, so... I had this one hour conversation um, and I have a five minute film to make. So I have a lot more material than could fit in that five minute movie. So I'm, I might have to make a longer movie, longer film. Uh, okay, you think about doing that? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure if, I'm, if it's going to be a documentary or going to do a feature film. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but th- th- there's a lot more stories to tell. Interesting. Okay, now let me ask you this. <clears throat> we were talking earlier about sponsorship and things like that. Um, have you had to reach out to people to help with funding this project? It's only a five-minute thing, but still, yeah. there's a there's a there's a budget. There's there's cost. That, and then that, if you go further and make a longer film, well, there's a bigger budget, more cost. Yeah. What about funding? Uh, well, funding on on this one at least was very easy because every everything came from uh, Tibet. Uh, That's true, yeah. yeah. So they were kind of That's producing true, yeah. everything and yeah. covering the costs. Yeah. Uh, but uh, So I, I, I wrote the script yeah. uh, or a semblance of the script. Yeah. Uh, and I knew I was, I was, I had to, had to be on screen myself. Yes. I don't want anyone else to portray my story. No, no. Uh, I get that. Yeah. O- ownership of your art. Yeah. And, yeah and I get it. I yeah. uh, found a, a great photographer called uh, Kyra Solun. Um, and he also, also said, well, if, if anyone's going to do that, you have to direct it yeah. as well. Because no one else is going to know exactly how you're going to react in that given situation. Kira, does he work for uh, Vega? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know him that well, to be fair. But uh, he's, he's a f- filmmaker. He works a lot for different he's a freelance I think, filmmaker. I, I think I know who that guy is. You probably do. I'll show you his Facebook, Facebook later. You'll yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. As soon as I see him, I'll know if it's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
again, Norway is not that <laughs> no. Not that big of a <laughs> if, if you're in the creative field, you know everyone yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, I was trying to reach out to find a, a young director who wanted to. I, I couldn't pay them, but just wanted to use this as a yeah. vehicle to yeah. further their career. Yeah. But he could have just told me, well, it, no one's going to know exactly how you reacted in that situation, so you have to direct it yourself. Yeah. So I had to do everything myself. Um, but that's good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it t- turned out great. And he is such a, a brilliant, uh, talented uh, photographer that he, he knew instinctively what, what I wanted, what I needed. So I just thought, well, if you're going to do a 45 degree here, would that yeah. look good? Or do one from the other side? Oh, and he just figured it out. Yeah. Uh, so I just gave him a vision, I sent the script, and he figured it all out. Yeah. And uh, got two uh, friends of mine, uh, th- three fr- friends of mine to be extras in the film, uh, three girls, because to be fair, I don't trust men. Uh, present com- company excluded, oh. <laughs> but but that's quite understandable. Again, yep. uh, as I said earlier, there's no you, you're never going to get over that kind of trauma. Yep. It's always going to affect you yep. in a million and one different ways, and you're probably going to find out as you've seen through these years. You see that it affects you in ways that you didn't expect it to affect you. But it's a it's a it's a constant process of trying to. Um, not trying to accept what happened because we accept our own trauma, but it's a constant process of re- relearning how to deal with it so that yeah. we can continue living living our life. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. And and so that you have trust issues. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm slowly getting better at that. But I also it's a process. It's a process. Yeah. Uh, but I also thought, and I might be completely mistaken, but but my my view was that. Uh, if I have just one guy in the film, yeah. then me just watching it, not knowing, is going to think that he's the rapist. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't <clears throat> want anyone of my mates to have that yeah. uh, stigma or have that. Yeah, no, have, I understand. Yeah, have 200 people in a, in a cinema think, sure, you're, you're the guy who raped. <laughs> um, so I don't want that. So... Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to keep those two well separate, the, the audio and the conversation and the visual. Yeah. Gives us two different universes. Interesting. Uh, so I, I called up the three girls I trust the most and they said yes immediately. Yeah. Um, and uh, Thank God for these girlfriends. Yeah. Most most of my friends and associates are female also. Mm. Uh, what is that all about? I haven't been raped unless I have a suppressed memory. (laughs) So I don't have the same kind of trust issues with men. And yet I find myself more often than not are are, are gravitating towards female friendships Mm. and relationships, whether it's working relationships or just friendships more than I do men. I wonder. Well, I I, uh, I think, and I'm sure you can attest to this too. I don't want to tread on on your your life and your trauma, but I'm sure you can attest to this. as men, we're we're programmed not to talk about our emotions and to be the strong burly guys. Yeah. And yeah. if we show emotions, or if we talk talk about, it, well, actually, I'm I'm just uh, just spent the last couple of hours just crying in bed. Then yeah. you're quote unquote weak. Well, I'm lucky in that the most influential people in my life as I was growing up, they were females. My mother, my mm. grandmother, uh, my aunt. Um, so. 
somewhere along the line without them, without them actually saying, Hey, you need to be open about your feelings. I just was open about my feelings. Yep. And I think it has to do with that close contact with, with, with those three influential females. Mm. Um, so s- fortunately I learned real early that this whole macho thing about trying to be tough all the time and hiding feelings and all that stuff. Yeah. That's just not my thing. No, it, um, it really do- doesn't help. It just makes things worse. The whole reason why I do this podcast, I don't know if you knew that is because, uh, uh, I lost my son to yeah. a heroin overdose and I put it out there and I speak openly about that. And it has done wonders for my, um, handling of his, of his death. Yeah. I bet. Um, but if I was one of those macho dudes that just never spoke about it or, or, you know, tried to hide it and just tough it out, yeah. I I think I'd be in a worse place than I am now. And I'll also, well, maybe not all, but, but some people might expect you to be that tough guy because you're, you're an ex-cop, you're an American, you're big I, and strong. Yeah, yeah, I have to admit, people are a little surprised that I am the way I am when it comes to emotions and sharing the feelings of stuff because I f- when they look at me, I fit a stereotype. You know, um, but I always hope that through the course of dialogue, conversation, that they'll be like, ah, yeah, John is, is not this way. He's yeah. this way. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah and, and, and if we use our individual platforms to talk about trauma, yes. then we, we are legitimately going to help someone. Well, yeah. And that's what I, that's what I believe. I, I believe that the more men who speak openly about these things, the more men who will be helped because yeah. sometimes they have to see through another male that it's okay mm. to soften up a little bit and speak about how you feel. Yep. Some, some men have, ne- have been taught that it's not that they don't know that it's that they have very often been taught the exact opposite yep. their entire lives. Mm. So they need to see, you know, I'm not trying to put us up on a pedestal, but I yep. do think that we are in a position with our platforms where we can shine a light on an issue that needs to be dealt with. Yep. Uh, when it comes to men, yeah. when it comes to humanity, period, yeah, yeah. but especially men. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it goes back to the, this me, the film that I never had when I was 20. Yeah. Uh, when I was raped. I, I'm, I'm not going to be arrogant enough to say this film is going to change the entire world. I don't think so. But I, 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 I know that if I just ha- watched a film like that about rape, yeah. when I was living through it, uh, the worst kind of trauma, and seeing a man portrayed, yeah. That would really help me identify with that and knowing that if he can do that yeah it must have gone better with him he and, must be doing a little better and there you otherwise go. he wouldn't be on screen reenacting it. and there you go because you know you're not the only one who thinks that way no. uh, uh if you have a room full of 100 people who watch this documentary mm. maybe just one of them will be dra- dramatically affected and helped yep. by it but st- but that's one life that has been changed, which can then, it's almost like a pyramid scheme. And that mm. one life that has been changed will then change maybe one life in a hundred. And then that one life out of that hundred yeah. will change. And all of a sudden you've got this, you have a movement, you have an awakening, you have a new awareness about this thing called trauma, this thing mm. called emotions, this thing called feelings and how we as men approach it and how we share it. And all of a sudden lives are being changed. Yeah. We can't change the fact that trauma happened. It does happen. So yeah. let's open up on how to deal with it. Exactly. And dealing with it doesn't mean it goes away. Again, no. you'll, you're never going to get over that. I'm no. never going to get over my, my son's death. No. 
but we can learn along our path towards living life with that new burden. Yeah. And I put it in a sense of a power lifter. Uh, uh, the more weight I put on my back, mm. the stronger I have to be to squat it or to deadlift it or yep. whatever. And I put that same thing into life. The heavier the burden, mm. the more we have to grow and expand our awareness and our sensibilities in order to carry that new burden of trauma. Yep. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Completely right. Yeah. Good. I like when I'm, I like when yeah. I'm right. <laughs> you come here for knowledge, yeah. right? Checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it, but it is, it, is a, it is an unfortunate fact that there are not enough men who speak on these things. No, and I read a, a report or a, a, an excerpt of a report uh, posted by NRK uh, today on the plane uh, talking about male. Posted rape. by who? Uh, posted as part of an article by NRK. Oh, uh, by NRK. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, and I thought you said Ellen K. <laughs> NRK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, um, so, uh, Hi, Ellen. Hi, Ellen K. <laughs> shout out to Ellen K. Yeah. Probably someone somewhere called Ellen K. Listen to this right now. So. Somewhere. <laughs> sorry for freaking you out. Um, that was a, they, they were uh, talking about uh, male rape, and this this guy yeah. uh, came forward uh, under a pseudonym and told his story, and they had this this this, this uh, we box of facts yeah. and and one of those excerpts from a, a larger report said that one percent of all men over the age of 18 in norway will have or have been raped during the course of their life i think that is easily believable yeah and it's probably bigger than that yeah one percent doesn't sound like a lot guys but that is one percent of all the people who reported it there you go there you go yeah. And 90% of men don't report it. Because so just think ashamed. about that. Just extrapolate that math and then imagine how many thousands yeah. of men are walking the streets here in Norway mm -hmm. carrying that trauma with them. And yeah. they'll never they'll never talk to anyone about yeah. it. And they'll never have the language to no. say it either. And there's there's the issue. And and th there is the issue that your telling of your story and your making of this documentary directly addresses it, it directly addresses of course uh what happened to you it di mm. directly addresses the rape but it also directly addresses it, you know it, it is it's a glaring testimony of how to deal with trauma yeah share it put it out there and don't get me wrong I know that that's hard. I know that that's not for everyone. Not everyone is going to make a a, a documentary about no. their trauma. Not everyone is going to start a podcast no. uh, to deal with their trauma. But you can talk to maybe a loved one mm. to get some comfort. You can maybe go to a uh, psychologist yep. for some sort of therapy. Uh, and And it takes strength to do those things. And not everybody can do it. But if... You can bring yourself to do it. Mm. There will be results. You will learn. It won't go away, but you will learn how to deal with it. Yep. I, I I can't say it enough. We we have to address these things. We mm. just have to. Yeah, it's, it's like standing at the foot of a mountain and knowing you're going to hit the peak. If you're standing at the, at the foot of the mountain, it sounds, it, it looks impossible. Yeah. If you take one step at a time. Yeah. And All of a sudden. Somehow, suddenly, yeah. you're at the peak. Yeah. Um. Do you have any thoughts about, again, there's so many different ways of dealing with trauma. Do you have mm. any thoughts about uh, therapy through a psychologist or psychiatrist? Do you I, have any experience with that or any thoughts about that? Uh, because, again, it's not for everyone. Not no. every, everyone. Can, some people, 
sometimes it's not appropriate to to deal with the trauma that directly yep. to where you're actually in a series of therapeutic sessions. Mm. That's not for everybody. What do you think? Well, I, I, I have some some experience with, with psychologists, but that, that's mostly from before all this happened. It mainly is treating uh, anxiety and depression and, yeah. and, and misdiagnosed autism, I think. Yeah. Uh, but after it happened, I um, got in touch with a support center in, in Tromsø um, called Smiso Support Center Against Incest and Sexual Assault, uh, directly translated. Um, and they they are men and women who yeah. all been affected in some some way. I'm not going to out anyone, but uh, they they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And it's all confidential, and no one's going to report anything to the police. If you don't want to, you have to yeah. do it yourself. Uh, they'll be along there with you, but you have to do it yourself. Yeah. But you can just come there willy-nilly when you want or when you need to and have someone there to talk to who knows exactly what you're going through. What a great offer. What a great yeah. social program right yeah. there. And th- th- that, that, that literally, I'm not exaggerating, that saved my life. Yeah. I was... Yeah. I wouldn't be it today if it wasn't for those guys and gals. You were you were that bad off to where I, I lost my I, I didn't know who I was anymore. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was just thinking of just ending it. I understand that. I do. I'm glad I didn't. But but uh Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No but I but I totally understand that. You know, these things happen to us. Yep. Uh these things, it's not like we have experience in it, so we, we don't know how to deal with it. No. And if you're already depressed, and then something like this happens, mm-hmm. it certainly doesn't make you less depressed. It's going to do wonders for your mental health. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I, I would, I'm not going to poo-poo on, on psychology. I really recommend it. Yeah. Uh, just haven't gotten around to it yet. Uh, well, and again, it's not for everyone. There's yeah. a lot of examples out there where, for example, with PTSD, mm. uh, <laughs> I can tell you about that. Yeah. Uh, with PTSD, sometimes the worst thing you can do is start digging into it mm. to f- find the source of it. Yeah. Sometimes that is not a good thing. No, because then you're re-traumatizing yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, Everybody's different, but trauma is trauma. Yeah. Regardless of the source of that trauma, the effects of trauma tend to be fairly universal. Mm. Uh, the propensity for depression and anxiety heightened after trauma. Yeah. So again, if you already suffer from these two things before the trauma, mm-hmm. well, I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad you managed to... <laughs> Climb, if not all the way out of this, at least climb up to where you're breathing, you know, and yeah. you can, you're, you're looking around. I'm at base camp at least. You're at base camp yeah. now. So not quite at the peak, but at base camp. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm taking my time, but I'm getting there. Did you find during the process of maybe writing this script or during the whole documentary uh, mm. process, did you find <clears throat> that for at least a while during that process that you felt a little worse, that things were a little bit heavier? That it was there was some difficulty in putting together this story. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna spoil the entire film, but uh, the, there's this one scene at the beginning where uh, I'm standing uh, topless and I had people writing graffiti on my body and writing obscene oh. stuff. Yeah, um, just writing things that I've been told yeah. from him or what I've told myself uh, through the years, and that was the most 
That was the first scene we shot. Yeah. And the three extras I mentioned that had never been in the film before. So having to, well, not having to, but I want to, to make them feel at ease while I'm trying to concentrate on what I'm, what I'm about to do. Yeah. So th that, uh, then I, I, I think I just blacked out and I didn't notice that we were done shooting until yeah. they, uh, one of the gals came up to me and asked me if I was doing okay. And I, oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I'm here. Good. Okay. Good job. Well, it's kind of like what I was talking about PTSD. When you start mm. getting therapy, trying to find the source of it, you're kind of reopening that thing. And yeah. this was a reopening of sorts, I would imagine, yeah, during your documentary process. Yeah, I, th I thought I was ready for, for all of it. And and in a way, I kind of am. You maybe oh. rediscovered a little vulnerability? Yeah, I discovered sides of myself <clears throat> that I, I, yeah. I just thought I'd for forgotten or I thought I was part of my, my past life. Yeah. Uh, but just standing there in the freezing cold in northern Norway, in <laughs> August. You filmed it in the city, in terms of? Yeah, 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 in yeah. August, end of August. Uh, it's not warm yet. No. Oh, I'm sorry, it's still, uh, it's, 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 it's it not warm, warm still. It's the beginning, it's the beginning of the cold winter winds in August. Up yeah. There. yeah. Uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, no one arrived. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was cold. And just, just, just trying to, to, yeah. to free my mind and just, focus on the moment and not make it about me but to yeah. make it a, about a general event which I'm portraying in the film yeah. uh, but then letting my, my, my mind uh, work its own magic and just <laughs> reliving yeah. what little I can remember from that from that evening and that, that just completely broke me wow did you have um, did you have a good support system around you did you have friends to kind of debrief after yeah. filming sessions or during the script writing process, did you have anybody you could, uh, uh, you know, who was there for you? Well, the funny thing is, doing this film showed me how many people I actually have in my life that actually uh, generally care about me. So I had this one isn't guy. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Yeah. To realize that, yeah. yeah. So this is, uh, one guy, Jamie, he's a brilliant photographer. I asked him to come and do some behind the scenes shots and uh, perhaps a, a pic, uh, something for, for the poster going to promote the film uh and i couldn't pay him it was on a sunday uh his his uh newborn kid was was uh, was sleeping so i didn't expect him to come but he he drove up and he mm -hmm. did what he had to do quickly yeah but professionally and he took really care of me really really great care of me and we chatted for 15 minutes afterwards yeah great scotsman i love the guy <laughs> uh just sitting on, on the park bench just chatting about anything else yeah, in the film yeah. and uh yeah well, well, well when you have your when you finally have your premiere we'll have a shot of whiskey so yes i finally have something to look forward to yeah. and my mom god bless her she doesn't want to see the film uh, which i totally get wow. uh but she supported me all the way and she's my biggest cheerleader and my dad i love it i love it i mean dad we had a, we had we, we had our ups and downs uh sure. through my life i'm sure i can attest to that um but he, he's he's always been there He's always had my back. And even the few times I've I met the guy uh, in Tromsø, uh, and I pointed him out, my, 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 ooh, my dad is scary when he's angry. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, I never want to piss him off. <laughs> so he's, he's never done anything, but he, he knows, he, he's, yeah. he's one of the few people who actually knows who the guy is. Okay. So they, they've always been there. My, my grandparents, God bless his soul, they both died in January. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, thing uh, they, they 
they were really all the way. They 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 would hold the world still. Just that to, uh, support that. from good family yeah. is it's golden. Yeah, because not everybody has that. So no. when you do have that, when that is in place, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and yeah. I, 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 people on Facebook message me. People I haven't spoken to for ten years or. Uh, people who I, I don't know but just look up to without outing them specifically uh, just message me going uh, I, I'm, I'm so glad you're doing this and, yeah. and and I'm so proud of you and you're so strong and I, I, I don't I don't really feel strong myself but just having that come from people I really look up to that it makes a difference go, yeah and it goes to show that I'm doing something that's worth all the. Yeah, you get that <laughs> affirmation that you're doing something that means something. Yeah, and I'm I'm not know? I'm not doing something on Pokemon or the Teletubbies <laughs> or something something fleeting that yeah. just goes away tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm not going to be famous on TikTok. I'm not, I'm not doing some trivial. I'm yeah. doing something that really matters to me. And just seeing that even before anyone has ever seen the film, yeah, just seeing that that it, it really. Well, the thing, yeah, nobody has seen it, but the idea that you've done it yeah. is, you know, and then getting that affirmation that it's a good thing that you've done and yeah. people are looking forward to it and whatnot, that's got to be quite the uplifting yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah. It shows that I'm, I'm, I'm on the right path. If You're on the right else. path, yeah. yeah. Um, what are you doing in order to, you know, where, where will people be able to see this? Are there any kind of... Um, film festivals or anything like that where this can be presented. Well, this is a <clears throat> is it going to be put out online somewhere or it, it will eventually. Well, this is a long bureaucratic road, uh, but yes. it's, it's well, the world premiere. Let's say it's in in terms of uh, October fourteenth. Um, after that, I'm hoping to bring it here to Drummond or to to Oslo, uh, and then hopefully around the world. Uh, I even learned how to speak German now, so I'll I'll bring yeah. it there. Yeah. Just dub it first because they're lazy. <laughs> Sorry, Jamis, but you are. Um, read subtitles, guys. Um, so I'm hoping to bring it all around the world. Uh, and I'm hoping through uh, the support center in terms of to bring it uh, through uh, to high schools and have a yes. sort of a Q&A uh, afterwards. I was going to say, I could see this being uh, quite a motivational piece for high school-aged yeah. you know, teenagers. And, uh, you know view the view the uh, you know show show the documentary mm. and then have an at least an hour long lecture yeah. or q and a mm. and and spread the word spread some knowledge and 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 uh, uh start teaching these young people these young men yeah. um and boys already at a young age the power of expressing your trauma and sharing yeah. it yeah yeah so i'm just ho hoping to get it could to be quite the movement Hopefully it will. I'm just hoping to get it to as many eyes as possible, and then I'll put it online afterwards. Awesome. Uh, but I think, as at least to, to my understanding of it, is if I put it online, then I'll, I'd lose some potential interest from fi film festivals. Sure, I'm trying sure, to find absolutely. That yeah, timing is everything. Yeah. but you you probably have something of a marketing mind, or you, you at least know people who, who who can do it. So yeah, you getting sure. good advice on all of that. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to, to 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 justify renting a cinema and asking people to come and pay to see a five minute film that that uh, maybe that's my Norwegian sensibility but the, the, uh, that, that irks me a bit no I mean that, that's quite normal to have a little anxiety about that yeah. that's normal um, but don't let what would be very Norwegian of you is to let that anxiety stop you yeah. from 
doing what needs to be done to get your get your product out there to get yeah. your art and out there if i if i called my rapist uh then it's not that scary to ask someone good point to come to your film. <laughs> good point yeah. just remind yourself of that you'll yeah. be fine yeah i i, I checked that box so. <laughs> it's um some people would think it's uh, you know you kind of like cracked a joke right there yeah and humor is important and some people would think that that's odd but I think on the surface it is on odd. the surface it can be. But <clears throat> if you are an artist yourself, uh, for example, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Uh, within a month after my son passed yep. from his overdose, I had already incorporated it into my stand-up comedy routine. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, making jokes, you know, or telling funny stories about his his addiction yep. and um you know gallows humor or gulgenhumor as we as we call it here in norway mm. uh is a thing yep. i think that it's you know laughing at our misfortunes is a way of dealing with those misfortunes yeah. am i right yeah completely right and this is going to be a very weird example but uh we like weird examples yeah. that's what we do here if you've seen harry potter yeah uh, this one scene in one of the films, I'm sorry, I can't remember which, uh, my mind is a bit hazy. Uh, but this one scene where this, the pupils are faced with their worst fear. Mm -hmm. And the only way to uh, defeat that fear is to laugh at it and make it funny. Ah. So this is one really scary teacher comes out and uh, the student goes, just goes, uh, casts a spell and suddenly the teacher is standing there in and uh, dressed as his grandmother yeah. and that's objectively funny so you're making fun of something that scares you and you're using that as a strength to to strengthen yourself so that's why i'm making fun of myself uh and i also feel uh, being uh, might be an asshole for saying this but i i, I feel I, I'm, I'm allowed to make fun of it no one else no, is, i wouldn't i wouldn't I, I wouldn't even come close to thinking you're an asshole for saying that you know it's it's yours to own yeah and and again, there's there's no <clears throat> there's no um, uh, you know certified plan or path on how to deal with things. No. We all find our own way mm. in which we can you know make these things livable. Because yeah. that's what we do with trauma. We have to make it livable. We've got yeah. we've got to continue living. And and how we do that is a very individual thing. And putting humor in odd places mm -hmm. within that is I think is quite normal. I think it happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know so much about how it is here in Norway with uh, stand-up comedians and what they've gone through, but I do know that a lot of the top stand-up comedians in America have horrible stories about their childhood yeah. and their adulthood, and their way of dealing with that is their comedy. Yeah. So nobody can tell us how to deal with these things. No, and that, that's one of the major themes I try to explore in, in this film is that you're, you're, you personally are dealing with a trauma, a big trauma that is affecting your entire life. Yeah. But for everyone else, it's just a Tuesday. <laughs> Life goes on. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. So you're, you're. We can't get arrogant in our. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people love being a victim. Yeah. I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. <laughs> Say it again. I'm not a victim. victim I'm, I'm a survivor. survivor. There you go. Yeah. But unfortunately, and again, this is very, in, it's a very individual uh, uh, thing. Some people wrap themselves up in the victimhood. Mm. Oh, I have done, 
I've just I'm not doing that anymore. Well, and, and again, there's phases to, yep. to there's phases to mourning. There's phases to you know the effects of trauma. Mm. It's gonna go up and it's gonna go down. Yep. Um, but having a conscious effort to try not to wrap oneself up in the comfort of being a victim, mm. uh, because now there you're you're kind of as we would say in Norwegian, du er på stedet kvil. You know, you're not going anywhere. You're yep. just, you're the victim and that's that. You're not, you're not living through it. You're not living. Yep. Your life has stopped in that traumatic moment. Yeah. And p- people take care of you and feel sorry for you. And and there's a time for that. Yeah. And but it feels great. I, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's better than sex sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, Depends on the sex. Talk to my, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Depends <laughs> on the sex. I was going to say, I want to talk to my <laughs> wife about that. <laughs> 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 but but the, you're just stuck in your own bubble of self pity, and yes. people go, "Oh, you're so strong, you're so you're so brave." And nothing's gonna come from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ha- well, it's really scary, but you ha- you have to make that first step yourself, and then people are ready to catch you if you yes. fall. Yes, but you have to be willing to fall. Well, yeah, we have to be willing to fall. But to, you know, and I don't want people to, to take these last couple of minutes of conversation as us victim shaming. No, absolutely uh, not. Know, because, because again, there are phases to it. And, and there, you know, I was in the phase after losing my son where mm. I'm, you know, p- you know, poor me. And mm. I made it more about me than about him having his addiction and things like that. So, so there are phases uh, uh, to this thing. But to externalize it a little bit, I want to say this, that people also need to learn how to comfort a person yep. who is suffering. Yep. Um, some people are just hands off and they don't know how to do that. Yep. So you will see a person who has been victimized legitimately. So who all of a sudden looks around them and there's nobody there to comfort them yep. because people are afraid. They don't want to, they don't know how to comfort someone. Yep. So they walk away or they turn their back or they close their eyes mm. So there's a balance there, you know. We need yep. that comfort, you know, because we are a victim, technically speaking. So mm. we do need that to be acknowledged by those around us. We kind of need that. It gives us a sense of belonging yep. and a sense of community to know that people care. We want to know that people care. Mm. So there should be a school of comfort. Let's call it the school of comfort. How do you comfort someone? I'd attend that school. I think I would too. Yeah, I bet you could give a lecture there. <laughs> I could be a guest speaker sometimes. But you know what I'm saying? Did you? And I'll just ask you: uh, uh, in the process of your grieving, um, you know, you internalize it. You didn't tell anybody for a long time, but eventually you told someone, and then maybe you told another person, and so on. Was there ever any time in that process of vocalizing what you had been through where someone reacted in a way that? made you feel less than comforted yes yeah i'm not gonna say say the name no no Uh, but there was this one guy uh who i told many many years ago uh on one of our uh drunken evenings on the town and the first thing well he, he looked at me like i was falling down from the moon for a couple of minutes the first thing he asked me was, "Had you been drinking? Oh, had you been flirting with the guy? What are you wearing? Oh, not good. No, not good. No, that's so stereotypical, but yes, it it really 
is well, unfortunately, unfortunately, you'll have uh, police, uh, law enforcement people who are interviewing mm. a rape victim who will ask questions like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, that happens. Yep. I saw it with my own eyes. That mm. happens. Oof. Yeah. So I, 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 the school of comfort. Let's just start that school and yeah. start taking in students. Comfort sure 101. Can, sure Listen before or, speak. I'm sure we can organize a scholarship fund and everything. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> We're in Norway. Everything is free. Education is free. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. No, but uh, well, I, I cut him out out of my life. But that that, that was a weird wake up call of yeah. Just going, yeah. Some people just don't don't get it. Some people just don't get it. Yeah. And again, not everyone knows how to comfort. No. You uh, would I, think it would come naturally, but so, but but I would have to say that someone who reacts like that with those yep. kind of questions, there's something that they're not dealing with in their own life. Oh. Probably, yeah. Which gets in the way of them being able to deal with this thing that happened yeah. happened to you. Yeah, and I think I, well, I, I can only speak for myself, obviously, but I, I think, the, the, well, the best comfort for me is just having someone who's who's listening to me. Yeah. They, they don't need to give me some 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 perfect plan of how to cope with this. I just need someone to listen to You don't to need me. a coach. You need a friend. You, yeah. need, you need somebody with a good set of ears, yeah. right? I just, right? I just need yeah. someone to listen to what I'm saying and yeah. not call me crazy afterwards. Yeah. And that's it. I, I don't need anything to, to come out of that. I yeah. just need someone to shut up for five minutes and let me talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. And, well, that's the best way to come for me instead of just trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to, to, to grasp this big, ball of black energy yeah. they're just finding some clever the best questions. energy is black energy I'm here to tell you <laughs> I think you're with me Salvirani let's figure out when we once we turn the recording off uh, <laughs> <coughs> I almost ruined my mixer there with a mouthful of water <laughs> I have another vocal at home I'll get you one oh I love it uh that's my humor. We, well, you have to have humor. I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't, you know, I have a, I have a daily goal and, and hopefully you'll meet them afterwards. Uh, but I have a daily goal to make my wife and our two kids laugh mm. at least once every day Yep. because laughter is medicine. Laughter is community and connection. Mm. Uh, laughter is medicine. It's been proven. It does yeah. something with us, you know, uh, internally much positive physiological output, uh, when we laugh. Mm. Um, you have to have humor. Yeah. You just, you just have to. Yeah. And speaking of, in case someone, uh, listening, listening to this and going, uh, why is he laughing so much? But I, I, I also need to preface this by, I, I, if this has happened to me two weeks ago, I wouldn't be able to make a film about it. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be able to <laughs> yeah. be on a podcast talking about it, Yeah. but it's been 11 years of very slow healing and rebuilding yes. yeah. to get to that point where I'm now. It's a journey. I, yeah. It's a journey. Now yeah. I can tell a story. So I'm not victim shaming. I'm not making light of anything, but I'm ready to tell my story. And yeah. this is the way I'm this willing to tell, tell my it. story. Yep. Uh, God love you for it, man. Because again, we, we need more people talking about these things. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the, the amount of strength it takes to talk about this. Do you feel strong? You should. Uh, I feel tired. <laughs> well, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Is, is this the first time you've you've spoken on a program of any sort about this? Uh, I spoke to a, a local journalist in Tromsø uh, when I was 23 uh, okay. because it was a huge 
uh, war of words going on okay. in the media about uh, different kinds of rape, apparently. Oh, I see. Uh, and I strongly disagree. Uh, I think rape is rape. And Period. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's like you kill someone, they, they keep on living. So yeah. it's called rape. Uh, um, so I, I figured I sh- should just put my two cents into it, going, hey, yeah. Yeah. writing on Facebook, hey, I'm Mats Jungels, I've been raped. Yeah. And then I was interviewed by a local journalist. Um, but it's the first time I've told the complete story. And this is actually the first time I've been a guest on a podcast. So, ah, yeah. well, welcome to my show and congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> How's the coffee, by the way? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Better than mine. No, it, it's... Uh, Strong and black. It's a, there you go. That's how my wife loves her coffee like she likes her man. Strong and black. Oh yeah. We actually say that uh, uh, in front of people if we have guests and and you know to try you know tease them a little bit, mm. say little things like that. Some people don't know exactly. Uh, am I allowed to laugh? It was funny, but am I allowed to laugh? If it's no, funny, you're gonna laugh. There you go. Yeah. There you go. No, but um, so to to come on a program like this. Mm and expose your inner you the way you are is a feat of strength and i want you to know that i know you have you're a very humble guy Mm -hmm. but i i hope you also uh remind yourself daily that you are a special kind of person who has made a documentary about something so tragic and in the doing of that you're turning that tragedy into something that could possibly be medicine for others, but it's definitely medicine for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Remind just, yourself of that daily, my friend. Yep, Do that. I will. And just be fair, I'm, I'm not into blow smoke up your ass, but I, I, I wouldn't be telling the story on a podcast if it wasn't you. I trust oh, you uh, to, to tell my story. So that, that's why I'm, why I'm here. Well, thank you. That's, that's very touching yeah. uh, that you say that, but I'm, that's what I do on this show. I want to facilitate the storytelling of others always in the, in the, in the hope that it's going to help me, motivate me, lift me up, inspire me, teach me something. Mm. And then secondary, I hope that it does the same thing for my viewers and listeners. So that's why I asked you to come on and do this, man, because I believe uh, that it uh, has done those things for me. And I believe it will do all those things for anybody who's listening. So thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you. Got to be here. As we, as we, it's good to have you here. Thank you. I still can't believe you got on a plane and came here. I love it, man. Thank you for that. Well, if I'm going to tell this, this story, I wanted to do it in person, not through Zoom. Well, and it's so much better. It's for me, it's so much better to have the person yeah. here. It's just a totally different vibe. Mm. Um, I think it comes across. Oh, yeah. It's a dog somewhere. <laughs> it's. Uh, I think it comes across better uh, on film and audio mm. when my guest is here. It's just a yep. different vibe, man. Yep. It's a different flow. Um, as we wind this down, we've been talking almost two hours, an hour and 55 minutes. Right. Okay. As we wind this down, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say two words, and mm. I want you to fill in sentence yep. three three words i'm sorry mm-hmm. uh and i want you to fill in the rest of the sentence just one sentence okay okay can you do that for me i can do it okay here we go matzlasse is a broken toy that's slowly getting mended 
a broken toy that's slowly getting mended. I worked on this uh, on the plane today. Oh, you knew that you knew this was coming. You I've s- done my research. You see, <laughs> what is this research you keep talking about, man? Gotcha. I, <laughs> it's um, but that that's a good that's a good sentence. Thank you. I think it fits you. Yeah, I think so too. Um, the second thing that I like that I'd like to ask you to do for me. Again, <clears throat> the inspiration, the motivation, the uplifting, you, you, you already do that for me. Mm. Uh, and again, I think you can do that for just about everybody who's watching in one form or another. Uh, can you say something, a few sentences, a paragraph, say something that the viewers and listeners can take with them as they march through this tragic but beautiful thing we call day-to-day life. Can you inspire and motivate them, please? I know you can. I know you can. <laughs> um, trying to be profound. Um, hmm. I should have like a beautiful orchestral thing with <laughs> violins slowly crescendo. <laughs> I'm sweating here. Um, life is what happens when you're constantly making mistakes. And uh, don't blame other people's failures on your life. Don't let anyone else's decisions affect the course of your life. Be close to your friends and family and trust their intuition and their their opinions. But never let anyone decide who you are. I've done that for 11 years and it didn't work. Interesting. You let that happen for 11 years and it didn't work. And actually 11 years is kind of short. Because a lot yep. of people live their entire lives like that. Yep. Why? Because very often it's because they don't hear people say what you just now said. Yep. Matslasa, mm-hmm. you're not just another guy on a Zoom call or <laughs> no. on Facebook anymore. No. Now I call you friend. I call you brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, if my wife is awake after her night shift, you're going to meet her in a minute and... Uh, I'm looking forward to introducing you to my family. What, uh, what are you doing for the rest of the day? You you have some friends uh, in the area you're going to visit, and you got a plane to catch later. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, it, it's it's. Uh, I have to I have to ask, and I don't want to sound dramatic, but are you going to be okay after having this conversation? I'm going to be better than I was before I got here. Yeah. So, and that's, that's just me being poetic, but I, I'm, I'm going to be fine. It's good to hear, my brother. I, uh, Again, it's not always easy to talk about these things. And yep. sometimes, you know, and I feel it on my podcast. <clears throat> if I have a deep conversation with somebody and I can be feeling great, mm. but then later as I'm thinking about it or maybe in post-production, I'm like, oh my gosh, we said that. And it'll stimulate to thoughts. Yep. And then that good humor can sink a little bit. So that's why I ask you about that. Um, I want to make sure you're okay, man. And, and you know, this, this dealing with trauma thing, it is an up and down thing, as yeah. you know. So, uh, so that's why I ask. I'm going to be fine. Good. I love you, man. I love you too. Much love. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Uh, remember, uh, check the links in the description of this episode, whether you're watching on YouTube or whether you're listening on, uh, a podcast platform. 
Uh, click on them. See what you can do to support the work that I do. Uh, watch out for the release. Uh, uh, of course, there's an issue because this is going to be in Norwegian. Your documentary is in, in Norwegian. But it is subtitled in English. But it is subtitled in English. So yeah. this is for everybody regardless of where you are, either yep. you speak Norwegian and understand it, or you can read English and understand it. So this is for you, regardless yep. of where you are. Uh, check out for the link to where you'll be able to uh, get information about Mott's uh, documentary. Uh, jump into it. Use it for your own medicine. Matsalasa, thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Let's go have some more coffee. All right. All right. Bye, everybody.